You need to connect your story to what keeps your customers up at night. Your story should take a customer's pain points into mind. It should make it clear how your product or solution is gonna fix the problem, save time, or make their day better or easier. Again, this isn't about listing facts or features. Good stories really have characters that an audience can relate to. It humanizes it, it makes it real. The B2B Marketing Exchange brings together B2B marketing and sales practitioners from across the country to get the latest tools and tips they need to succeed. Now, we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. I'm Claudia Tarico, And I'm Kelly Lindenow. And this is the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the B2B MX Podcast. It is the second week of season nine, and we're keeping these sales conversations going with another replay from the B2B Sales and Marketing Exchange. But if you missed our season nine kickoff episode, be sure to go back and listen as Roderick Jefferson's keynote was chock full of insights into how sales and marketing should really work together to break the complexity of the buying and selling process. That's right. And we actually positioned today's episode to be a great follow-up to Roderick's keynote. Today's session uncovers various ways for marketing and sales teams to craft better stories that resonate with their ideal customers. Gene Kirby of Inviso took the stage at B2B SMX to show the audience how to tap into what customers really want, identify pain points, and lead them to a solution that sticks. Yeah, I really loved this session because it honestly delivered what I look for in a speaker and a presentation and what our audience always really wants, right? They're real world examples of how real marketing and sales teams, just like everyone listening, are seeing success with the strategies that they're actually preaching on stage. So Gene will dive into how Inviso leverages storytelling to maximize results for clients and how they use content generating AI tools to be more efficient. So let's just get right into it and roll the tape in three, two. Early in my agency days, this is back when every meeting was in person, I had a first time meeting with a big client. I was already running late, trying to get out the door that morning, making sure I had all my notes, I was prepared, made sure my hair was right. I really wanted to make a good first impression. I went in to check on my youngest daughter, Gabby, who had just gotten sick after eating peaches. I still remember what she was eating. It was everywhere, no no more prep all hands on deck. I had to get her cleaned up, fix my outfit, make sure everything looked okay. I showed up at the meeting a little bit frazzled. I don't know if you recall ever having a meeting or a morning that went sideways. For whatever reason, I don't know, I ended up telling this prospective client how my morning had gone completely sideways. And as it turns out, she was a mom too. And 18 years later, we're still friends and we still work together. So the power of that is that stories and being relatable can really foster a connection. Hi, my name is Jean Kirby. Thank you, Erica, for the introduction. Even though I'm VP of marketing, I still get a little nervous presenting to my peers, so you'll notice that I have note cards just making sure I get all the accurate info over to everybody. But today I'm gonna share my perspective on storytelling. I've always enjoyed really digging in and understanding my clients' problems. 
The best part of it has been putting together those details to create a story for them. Chances are I've struggled, as you might have, because as marketers we know that even though we may work for the C-suite, we serve the greater good, our customer. And if we really want to close deals and create loyal customers with a lasting understanding of a product and brand, we have to tell a good story, which leads us to why we're all here today. In this session, well, before I say that, I wanted to say I've been to plenty of these conferences, and I know how it goes. You go to session after session, you're a little hungry. Right now, we're right before lunch. Um, you're hoping you find something that sparks your interest. Well, in this section, my expectation is that you're going to walk away with a really unique understanding of how important the stories we tell our clients and customers are, and that you'll leave with some ideas for how to successfully intertwine those stories with your demand gen going forward. You'll experience stories along the way that are unique to my perspective, and I expect these stories will give you new ideas on how to drive more sales and leads in your organization. I'll also give you the keys to our customer-first approach to creating content. It's a way of crafting stories that ensures you're resonating with your ideal customer. Finally, I hope you'll walk away with a great action plan for how you can get started building out your storytelling practice. So let's dive in. The world we live in is in a constant state of communication. We can all agree that we're short on one valuable resource, our time. We've never been as connected or reachable as we are today. We're all bombarded with requests for connection from numerous people in dozens of different channels multiple times a day. Like you on any given day, I might have to contend with emails from different email accounts. I have chats from different social platforms that our companies use. We have a project management SaaS tool, text messages, phone calls, either to my cell or work phone, calendar updates that require my attention. And oftentimes, I'm now getting content comments in PowerPoint documents or Word documents that need my attention. Inviso is a remote-first company, so a lot of times I'm working from home. The dog might bark. I might get a delivery. The other day I got a wine delivery, and I was happy to sign for that. But there's a lot of distractions that can happen in anyone's day. Those are just run-of-the-mill um, ways that we're communicated with. I'm not even touching on some of the socials or other things. People are constantly fighting for attention. Does this sound familiar? So if I, as a consumer, are battling all of these distractions, how do we as businesses even compete to get their attention? How do you reach your customer through all that noise? And how do you connect with them in a way that they're going to remember you? Now, at the same time, if you've been keeping up with the news, you may have heard that attention spans are shrinking. You know the famous parable of the goldfish who forgets what they've seen every trip around the goldfish bowl? The castle's new to them. They have a nine-second attention span. You might have heard it mentioned on Ted Lasso. I think there was a funny when they lost a game one time for, on Ted Lasso. Um, our attention span used to be shorter than that. But recently, it's been recalculated. Now, thanks to the infinite scroll of all of our feeds and information, the human attention span is eight seconds long. Eight seconds. Our attention span is officially eight seconds long. But wait a second. Is it really our attention span that's that short? Can we really not stay focused on anything for longer than eight seconds? Because I don't know about you all, but last weekend I binge-watched the session for about eight hours. So I think in reality, 
it's not necessarily our attention spans that are so short, it's more likely our consideration span. It's the amount of time we're willing to consider whether or not we're gonna keep reading that article or we're gonna keep following that influencer or watching that show. Either way, it means for us as marketers, we have eight seconds to hook our customer before they're off to the next thing. We don't have time for facts and stats and evidence in eight seconds. I have to come up with something that's gonna keep you planted right where you are by lighting up your interest. The first eight seconds really matter. Now like me, you might have some challenges as a B2B marketer. At the same time that the consideration spans are shrinking, we're being tasked with driving more sales, more leads, a lot of times with smaller teams or less resources. At the same time, which you've probably already heard at this conference, the B2B buyer demographics is changing. The landscape is shifting. It's shifting younger. The majority of the buyers are between the ages of 26 and 40. So if you're selling to a 30-year-old buyer, that person grew up with the internet and cell phones from the time they were toddlers. They've been streaming music since they could sing along. They have grown up in a world where they're used to communicating or being communicated to super fast. What we're looking for is different. What they're looking for is different than what's happened in the past. At the same time, 75% of the buying time is increasing. Yesterday at a CMO roundtable that I was at, Forrester shared some stats from a branding and content survey for 2024 that they're gonna be releasing. They might have released it this morning. But the, according to that survey, 44% of marketing leaders believe their content is failing to connect. So what's a great way to entice, engage, and really connect with your customers? Tell them a story. Storytelling can increase conversions by 30%, according to Search Engine Watch. At the London School of Business, researchers found that people retain only 5 to 10% of information if it's just statistics alone. But when they hear a story, that number jumps up to 65 to 70%. A plain statistic is hard to remember. But once it's put in the context of a story, it's 22 times more likely to be remembered. Now, I just did exactly what I said you shouldn't do. I just gave you a bunch of statistics without a story as part of it. So I was thinking of a way that I could illustrate this point. I sometimes am not the best with names. If I just hear a name without any context around it, it can be hard to remember. The other day, I met Susan at a party where she was mid-story. She was telling the harrowing story of during the pandemic when she'd been sledding with her eight-year-old son and he broke his arm and it was a pretty harrowing story. I remembered her name. Think about it. If you hear somebody and they, you hear details about who they are, you can remember it when it's in the context of a story. A name connected to a stranger just holds as much weight as an empty stat. Storytelling works because human beings are storytellers. We've communicated our most important messages since the beginning of time. Sometimes I'll hear B2B marketers write things off as uh, storytelling as a consumer strategy. But here's the thing, even though this is B2B, we're still talking to people. Good stories make us feel things and they connect, with, connect us emotionally to one another. 
Our brains are naturally wired to remember how a combination of events made us feel, which is why a great story can evoke emotion, the emotion that your prospect will also remember. And if they remember that, they'll most likely remember you or your company as well. Now, my sister Julie is in sales, and she used to work for a shoe and apparel company. She gave me permission to tell this story. Um, in those days, pre-COVID, they would have big in-person client meetings. They were required to set up a whole full display of all the next season apparel that they were hoping the retailer would purchase from them. They had 50 minutes to give the presentation, that's it. And in this case, I'm from the Seattle area, they were flying to Pennsylvania. So they got the whole room set up, they were about 10 minutes into the presentation, and the fire alarm went off. Kind of a panic, because this was a really big lot was on the line for this presentation. They looked out the window, it was in Pennsylvania, and it was pouring rain. Kind of like what it's doing today if you've looked outside here today. They looked at their client, they looked at the wall, they saw all their apparel, the samples for the next season, and they were like, let's put it on. <laughs> I mean, we gotta run out of the building, we're not gonna have any protection. So they put on their jackets, they put on the shoes, and they went outside. So I don't know if you've ever had a meeting go sideways, but in this case, that's what happened. So real life photos from that presentation. That's my sister on, uh, on the left there, but you can see it, it created a really a legendary sales experience where it lives on in all of their lore for how it, what, what could have been a disastrous meeting ended up being a huge success where they had the buyers actually wearing their product outside in the rain. Let's dive deeper into your demand gen strategy and see how storytelling can really support the work that you're doing. Let's look at how we can create stories that really hook your customer. Now the first step in creating any kind of story is really asking the right questions. And in Viso, we have a customer first focus. So before we start any new work, we ask ourselves, what is it that the customer really cares about? And if we only get 10 minutes in front of them, and they walk out of there, what's the one thing we want them to remember or walk away with? Clients and internal product teams a lot of times care about services and products and details. That's gonna to be top of their minds. That's what they're gonna to wanna to get into whatever it is that you're marking or putting together. But talking about a whole bunch of benefits or stats is kind of unforgettable. It's like being introduced to a stranger. We have to turn that thinking on its head. To really get to know the customer we have to ask ourselves, what's the one reason they'll say yes to this? Why will they take that next step? Sometimes to answer that question, you have to really get to know who they are. So let's put aside the messaging framework, the pillar documents, the list of features. All of those are important, and we'll use them later. But before we do that, let's get to know them. What do they care about? What's the biggest problem in their lives right now? How long has it been a problem? Have they tried anything to eliminate it already? What's the cost of the problem? You might think they already know the answers to these questions, but you also might be surprised. Working with clients, we've uncovered a lot of surprises in the past. It's worth doing your homework. Just by analyzing uh, one customer's database, we had a C-level executive who said, our audience is FinTech, that's who it is, that's who we're marketing to. By looking at their actual customer data, we uncovered that about 20% of their customer base was actually in the legal sector. So sometimes you can find out things that you didn't know, which creates another story opportunity or another marketing opportunity. There's also lots of companies out here on the marketplace floor that can help you with that analysis.
The other thing is consider sending a survey. We've done that before. It can be used as a cross-sell tool. It also can give you great information and data. Kind of like what Roderick said earlier this morning, talking and connecting between marketing and sales is also great. A good salesperson is a storyteller. And a lot of times they know what it is that lights up the customer. They've tested it. They've been in front of the customers. So working together can be super helpful to best understand what it is that gets the customer interested and lights them up. Once you've gathered all your data, you know who you're talking to, you know what they care about, you can begin to build your story. A good story will grab your audience's attention, but a great story will get them to act. So how do you do it? I'm gonna share six learnings from Inviso Marketing and some examples. First, find the hook. Does your story have universal appeal? Is it relatable? You need to connect your story to what keeps your customers up at night. Your story should take a customer's pain points into mind. It should make it clear how your product or solution is gonna fix the problem, save time, or make their day better or easier. Again, this isn't about listing facts or features. Good stories really have characters that an audience can relate to. It humanizes it, it makes it real. And don't be afraid to tell the messy story, the struggles, the conflicts, the setbacks, the successes. That also adds to the storytelling. People like to root for the underdog. And if there's a way you can tell the story of how we struggled and overcame it, or even this is how the product was created. There are products mentioned here are ones that were created from an accident. Coke, Post-it note, even champagne. I think the Slinky is another one. And I'm sure a lot of us in this room know the stories behind those products. The stories made them what they are and helped them become so popular. Number two, use AI to bring your story to life. I know you've heard about it. You're going to hear about it probably in every session. But in November of 2022, everything changed. AI entered the mainstream in a big way. So don't be afraid to use it to bring your stories to life. At Inviso, we see ourselves as the creative conductors. We use AI as instruments in the symphony. As a creative agency, there's still, we use the tools to create the magic and the masterpiece, but we're still the conductors. From content to design, we've been utilizing AI. It's a creative tool that we use to build out our ideas. Everything from creative design to content development to video, we're using it every day to help us deliver those stories. From a content perspective, some of the things that we've found to be successful are really asking it multiple ways, being super specific. Um, we've been learning, testing, going back to some of the, the, um, the, the different, we've been trying all different tools we're continually embracing it. We're training on it on the design side. There's so many possibilities. Our designers are using Dolly and other image generators. We've leaned in and we've had some really great results and we know that a lot more will come. We're expecting more. And if you've tried it and it isn't delivering for you, I would just say, keep at it, keep trying and there's so much more to come. I, it's, it's kind of incredible how much more is gonna come with, all, with AI. Number three, keep the message simple. Common wisdom is that no more than three points in your storytelling, but I'd say even less than that is ideal. 
People like things they can understand without too much effort. One clear message beats five murky messages every single time. Complicating the core message is one of the biggest mistakes brands make when telling their story. From an agency perspective, it's one of the battles that we face all the time. Various stakeholders within a client's organization, they want to include every single detail. Literally the kitchen sink approach. This is not strategic. From a persuasive story, for a persuasive story, you really need to keep it simple, easily memorable. One example I wanted to share is a campaign I did years ago for Inviso Marketing. Our agency has a lot of different capabilities. We do in-house creative, design, content development, SharePoint, video production, so much more. This is a message that's easy to put on a website or share in a PowerPoint deck, but I wanted a simple concept where I could really clearly show all that we do. Hence, the spork. For those of you who don't know, it's a spoon and a fork combined together. For me, it also has fond memories of camping. Most of the time, fond memories with camping. Um, but we, it was also a simple yet really effective concept to show that we do multiple things. I still have clients that remember this campaign. It was a fun one. Number four, get right to it. You have eight seconds to grab their attention. That's why video is so powerful. I'm kind of shocked it even took me this long to bring up video in the presentation. In the world of storytelling, video is everything. It's all around us. It's how we get our entertainment. It's how we communicate. Insta Reels, TikTok, influencers, even LinkedIn is full of content video these days. If I'd been giving this presentation a few years ago, I would have said that video is more dominant in the consumer space. But tides are changing, and in B2B, we must remember that we're still selling to people, and people like to watch things. Remember that 30-year-old buyer? That buyer cares about video. That buyer wants something that's snackable and quick to digest. We had a recent project that we did for Microsoft where they asked us to, take a, um, to create five different videos that were very snackable. They were training videos for an internal younger audience, and they wanted to make it easy for folks to figure out what they needed to learn and what piece of the video. We also have seen a lot of interest taking PowerPoints and turning them into animated videos. That allows the message and the story to be told consistently from the same perspective. And when we take a PowerPoint, it's a very low lift on the client side because their core content is there. We're just bringing it to life with video and really adding to that story. Number five, we're almost there, is think outside. Think outside the box, think outside the room, think outside your state, think outside the United States. Stories can take on so many forms. They don't have to be limited to traditional B2B formats. When I first started at Inviso, we had one client that we would do partner launch kits for. And they were sent out to partners as a zipped file that then the partner would download, and then they would open each folder, look at the opportunity, their readiness, each one of these folders had so many different pieces of content within it. You could imagine the number of opportunities for the audience to get distracted, do something else, wait to see what they needed. So we came up with the idea of creating it into a flipbook. So an interactive story, so to speak, really a story connector, where in this instance, all of the content was there. We had a breadcrumb or table of contents. The audience could pick where they wanted to go. And within the flipbook itself, you could 
download a flyer, look at a flyer. You could watch a video, you could watch a GIF. We can quiz people. It's all contained there. Additionally, we have metrics throughout the entire thing so we can track, whereas sending out a zip files, there was no tracking available. So it's an exciting time for B2B marketers because we have so many more tools in our toolbox and different things that we can consider to use to help tell our story. Number six, don't forget the feelings. People always want to feel something from a story. No matter what the content, if you can connect it to your customer's emotions, then you've done your job. I wanted to share one campaign. It was done out of VCC London, was the agency that did it. It was um, a very, very powerful one, and I don't have time to show you the video, but you could take a look. You could easily find it on Google. But basically, the idea was that most of us know that millions of people have to walk in order to get clean water. We're Just a Drop was a community-led charity that noticed that just telling people about how much time it took and the lack of access there was to clean water wasn't really making that big of a difference. They wanted to highlight the people in it. So what they did was they came up with a campaign called The Walk to the Well. And they highlighted Anne, in, and she lived in Africa, and she had a nine-kilometer walk to get to clean water every single day. So what they did was they used a drone and Twitter, and they followed her throughout her entire walk. It's the longest Twitter thread either. It's over, it's over 2,000 tweets. And then they asked the audience, the viewers, to follow along and click on the tweet the farthest you could go. It was over 2,000 tweets. I think I might have already said that. And once you liked it, it sent you a note back telling you how far you made it on her whole walk. Now, during that walk, they highlighted her journey, places where it wasn't safe, the terrain, moments where she was just thinking about her future. It was incredibly powerful. And on that tweet that they sent you back saying how far you'd gone, they also sent a link to donate for their charity. It was a very powerful campaign because we became the protagonist in the story, and we really felt the need for the solution, which was clean water. So five learnings. Find the hook. Make sure it's relatable and universal. Use AI. Everybody's been saying that today, but it is so powerful, and it's something that's definitely here to stay. Keep the message simple. Might be the hardest one on the list, especially working internally, but a huge key to success. Get right to it. Video is so powerful. Think outside. Think outside of the normal tools. Think of how you can use what you have to tell that story, to connect with your audience. And don't forget the feelings. Never forget the feelings. That also helps. So as I leave you here today, you've heard me talk a lot about all of the different stories. I've shared a lot of things with you, but if I was going to guess what you might remember, it's probably not the stats or the statistics. It's my daughter and the peaches and my crazy morning. It's the fact that we have eight seconds to get our audience's attention. It's my sister's story about making the most of that crazy rainy day. Or the walk to the well and Anne. You've heard that saying, that a story's worth a thousand words. Well, I would say that a unique and relatable story is worth more than 10 pieces of collateral. 
So my question for you is, what's your story? What are you going to take back and apply to your demand gen strategy? Because if you really want to generate sales and create loyal customers, then you have to put the customer first and tell stories that connect to their emotion. It's been fun sharing my experiences with you today. Thank you for your time, and I wish you luck and great stories. Thanks. All right, folks, that's a wrap on Jean's very insightful presentation. And today's key takeaway, if you ask me, is if we really want to close deals and create loyal customers with a lasting understanding of our product and brand, then we must tell a good story. Absolutely. And we actually have a lot more insights from Jean coming next week. So if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to tune in next week to hear our exclusive interview with her after she got off stage at B2B SMX. Yeah, that's right. Kelly actually sat down with Jean right on the B2B SMX show floor to dive even deeper into her presentation. So you definitely don't want to miss it. And of course, make sure to connect with us on Twitter and LinkedIn to share your feedback and tell us who else you want to hear from on the podcast. Don't forget that our B2B Marketing Exchange is coming back to Scottsdale, Arizona in February and registration is officially open. So we'll drop the link to the site in our show notes so you can snag your ticket. Have a great rest of your week, folks, and take care.